Hey family, I have a word. So let's bow our heads in prayer and then let's get into this word. Father, in the name of Jesus. First, Lord, I want to enter your court with thanksgiving and praise, Father. I thank you for waking my me up this morning, Father. I thank you for waking my family up this morning, Lord. I thank you for being good, Father. I thank you for protecting us. I thank you for keeping us under your wing, Father. I thank you for just being good, Lord. I thank you for your blood, Father. I thank you for your forgiveness, and I thank you for your mercy, Lord. I thank you for your grace, Father. Father, I'm just coming boldly to your throne of grace, asking that you increase, Father, as I decrease, Lord. You give this word, Father. You put the words on my tongue that you once spoken to your children, Father. I pray for healing. I pray for breakthrough. I pray for just more wisdom, understanding, and knowledge, Father. I just thank you, Lord, for being who you are, Father. And I bind up any evil enemy that try to come up against this word, Father. And that's in Jesus' mighty name, Lord. I plead the blood of Jesus over my brothers and sisters, over myself, and over this podcast, Father. And that's in Jesus' mighty name that I pray. Amen. Okay, fam. Let's start with this word. So let's go to Luke 15. And that says, Parable of the Lost Sheep. Tech collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. This made the Pharisees and the teachers of religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people, even eating with them. Jesus is so good because he's not like that, fam. Like, he's really just, uh, uh, Like, Jesus is not like humans. He's not like us. It's just so good to just know that our God is like that, that he will eat with us, you know? So Jesus told them this story. Yes, we going, because we, another scripture just came to my head. Okay. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go to search for that one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. He said he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. When he arrives, he will call together his friends and neighbors saying, Rejoice with me because I have found my lost sheep. In the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. Family, listen. The lost sheep is so valuable to the Lord because he believed the 99 to go back and get that one. And you know how I know this is the truth? Because I was that one that he came back and got, fam. I was that one that he came back and he got me. I was I strayed from him. And when I when I came back, he, he took me back with that unfailing love. He gave me a fresh start. And I know that's what he's doing, family. That's what he wants to do for all of his children. He wants to give us that fresh start. The Lord, he makes me feel like nothing in my past even exists. You know, I, he, he lets me be in repentance. But the Lord doesn't let me ever, he doesn't ever dwell on that with me. You know, when I'm having my woe is me moments, he doesn't condemn me. 
You know, he reaches out his hand and he helps me get out that pit. And that's why he is so good. That's why he is such a good guy because he lost, he left the one. I mean, he left the 99 to come get this one. And family, I know it's somebody on here that can go with this word because I know at a point the Lord came and got one, just one person, just one person on here. Listen, I know the Lord came and got you. You feel me? Because I know he can do it because, listen, I'm here to testify he did it for me. Parable of the lost coin. Or suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Won't she light a lamp and sweep the entire house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she will call in her friends and neighbors and say, Rejoice with me because I have found my lost coin. In the same way, there is joy in the presence. In the presence of God's angels, when one sinner repents. Do you understand that the Lord doesn't want to destroy his children? Do you? It says that heaven rejoices at our repentance. It rejoices. That's how important you are to the kingdom. That's how important you are to God because the heavens rejoice when one sinner repents. God is so good. God is so good. Just think about when you repent and the heavens rejoicing for you. When you say, when you say what you have to say to the Lord, the heavens is rejoicing for you because that's all God wants for you. He wants you to have a rich and satisfying life. The parable of the lost son. To illustrate the point further, Jesus told them this story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want to share. I want to share of my estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there he wasted all his money in wild living. And the time and the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him, and the man sent him into the his field to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him. But no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, when he finally came to his senses, when you finally come to your sentence, sentence, he, you will say, cause he said at home, even the higher servants have food enough to spare. And here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, father, I have sinned against both you both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of be, of being called your son. Please take me on as a higher servant. So he returned home to his father, and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to the son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servants, quick, bring the finest robes in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet. Family, this is how merciful God is. I'm telling you, this is how merciful he is. 
because the son, he felt shame. He felt shame that he, he turned away from his father. And I can just, I, I relate to this so much because the shame is so real when you know that you turned away from your father and you're like, but Lord, I've done so much. I'm not worthy of being called yours. But then you know what he do? You know what he does? He cleans you in in his blood and he makes you a righteous person. He waters your roots. Do you hear what I'm saying? He dresses you in the finest linen. That's what the, that's what God does. That's what God does. And he's just so good. He's just so merciful. That's why I be praising his name because he's just so good and so merciful. And kill the calf we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast for this son of mine was dead and now has returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So the party began. Meanwhile, the older son was in the fields working. When he returned home, he heard music and dancing in the house. And when he asked one of the servants what was going on, your brother is back, he told, He was told, and your father has killed the fattened calf. We are celebrating because of his safe return. The older brother was angry and wouldn't go in. His father came out and begged him. But he replied, all these years I've slaved for you and never once refused to do a single thing you told me to. And in all that time, you never gave me even one young goat for a feast with my friends. Yet when this son of yours comes back after squandering your money or prostitutes, you celebrate by killing the fattened calf? His father said to him, look, dear son, you have always stayed by me and everything I have is yours. We had to celebrate this happy day for your brother was dead and he's come back to life. He was lost, but now he is found family. That is so, that is a word. That is a word. The Lord wants to celebrate all his children that have returned because we have stripped off our old men and we put on our new men. We was dead, but then we rose to life with Christ. You feel me, family? Do you feel me? Let's have a moment for the children who just came back. Let's rejoice with God's lost children because he is so happy that his child, first they were dead, but now they are raised to new life. Let's celebrate with our father. Let's rejoice with him. Let's not pull out our our brothers and sisters flaws and bring up their past. Let's rejoice because the heavens rejoice. Let's celebrate the kingdom. Yes, there's people who's been following Christ for a long time. Yes, but like like the word says, everything that the Lord has is already yours. It's already been yours. Let's celebrate. Yes, glory be to God. Hold on, it's another verse. I have to look it up, but hold on. Hold on, guys.
Okay, let's go to Revelations 3, starting at... So, Revelations 3, starting at... Let's start at verse 20. Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Just just right there. Let's just start right there, fam. God is so gracious. He said, look, I stand at the door and I knock. He says, if you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. Family, open that door. Because he wants to come in and he wants to share a meal with you as friends. Jesus, he is just so good. Like this, this is just the episode talking about his goodness, his unfailing love for his children, for his flock. Okay, let's go to. Let's go. Hold on, fam. Let's go to. Mark 10. And let's go down to Hold on, fam. Let's go to Verse 30, so chapter 10, Mark chapter 10, verse 32. They were now on the way to Jerusalem and Jesus walking ahead of him. The disciples were filled with awe and the people following behind were overwhelmed with fear. Taking the 12 disciples aside, Jesus once more began to describe everything that was about to happen to him. Listen, he said. We're going up to Jerusalem where the son of man will be portrayed to the leading priests and the teachers of religious laws. Family. Let's just keep going. They will sentence him to die and hand him over to the Romans. They will mock him, spit on him, flog him with a whip and kill him. But after three days, he will rise again. Family, Jesus told them. They are going to spit on me. They're going to mock me. They're going to flog me with a whip. And they're going to kill me. Like, yo, just imagine you saying that. Imagine you saying that over people who you love but doesn't love you. There's no room in their hearts for him. And he's doing it for that. The, those very people he's doing it for. He did it for us. He's, he, he knew, Jesus knew everything that was going to happen, and he still kept going. He didn't stop. His goodness, just, it's just his goodness. It, it's, it's, his, it's the goodness for me. It's very, it's the, it's the goodness. So wait, let's go to Mark 14, starting at verse 27. On the way, Jesus told them 
all of you will desert me for the scripture says, God will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I am raised from the dead, I will go ahead of you to Galilee and meet you there. Peter said to him, even if everyone else deserts you, I will never. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, Peter, this very night before the rooster crows twice, you will deny three times that you even know me. No, Peter declared empathically. Even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. And all the other vowed the same. So let's keep reading. Because like family, Jesus didn't say but once. He didn't say but twice. He said but three times Peter was going to deny him. The Lord said that and he still used Peter even after that. You get what I'm saying, family? Repent. Yes, it, that's the scripture just that says that if you deny me on earth, I will deny you. Yes, the scriptures say that. But his mercy and his unfailing love, because we're going to read. We're going to read what happened when, when Peter denied him. But it's just God's mercy. He'll give you a chance. Yes, his word cannot come back to him void, but he will give you chance after chance after chance after chance. Because that's the mercy. That's the rich mercy that the Lord has. For, for his children, for his children to get it right in the name of Jesus. They went to the olive grove called Gethsemane and Jesus said, sit here while I go pray. He took Peter, James and John with him and he became deeply troubled and distressed. Even when Jesus knew that Peter was going to deny him, he took him. He took Peter was one of the ones he took closer to him. He he brought Peter closer to him. That's that unfailing love. That's that love that 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 the God has for His children. That is that agape love that He has for His kids. That's that deep compassion. He. And he became deeply troubled and distressed. This says that our God became deeply troubled and distressed. He told them, this is what, this is how Jesus felt at right before he knew he was about to give his life up for us. And this is how he felt. He said, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. He, he he wanted he wanted that closeness because his soul was crushed. That just shows right there that Jesus, he, he even though he was human, and he was fully God at the same time. His human side, his human side was crushed because he started to realize everything that was about to happen. Do you feel me, family? But he humbled himself. He submitted himself still to God's will. He said, my soul is crushed to the point of death. But he didn't, he didn't give up for us. That's why I be going so hard. Because when I think about moments like that, can you put yourself in that predicament? Listen, family, a lot of us, all of us would have ran away. I ain't doing that. Let's be real. I'd have been like, I ain't doing that. <laughs> like, th- that just shows you the power of God. Because Jesus, even though his soul was crushed humanly, the spirit of God gave him the strength. Listen, he went on a little further and fell to the ground. He prayed that if it were possible, the offer hour awaiting him will 
might pass him by. Jesus, it says that he went on a little farther and fell to the ground. He prayed that if it were possible, the offer hour awaiting him might pass him by. Do you feel what I'm saying, family? Do you get what I'm saying? Abba, Father, he cried out, everything is possible for you. Please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet, I want your will to be done, not mine. That's how we have to submit to God. God, I know everything is possible. And it's this cup of suffering in my life, Lord. Is there any way you could take it from me, Lord? But nevertheless, nevertheless, listen to this word, family. But nevertheless, let your will be done, Lord. Not mine. My will is the less. So nevertheless, let your will be done, Father. Then he returned and found the disciples asleep. He said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Couldn't you watch with me even one hour? Keep watching and pray so that you will not give into temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. You get what I'm saying, family? Jesus, he was, he was speaking facts because it just said his soul was crushed. He, it said he fell to the ground and began to pray because the spirit is willing. He knew I had to go pray because the spirit is willing, but this body is weak. I need it, Lord. I need you, Lord. That's what you got to say. I need you, Lord. Because the, the, the body is weak, but I know the spirit is willing. Family, take this. Jesus, he's telling them. He's telling the truth. The spirit is willing. It's willing in our life. If you're having thoughts, family, take it to the Lord. If you're trying to come out of something, take it to the Lord. I'm telling you, family, because the spirit is willing. Your body is weak. Take it to him. I'm telling you right now. I hear, I hear the Lord saying, if someone is having homosexual thoughts, I'm telling you right now. Take it to the Lord because your body is weak. You can't do it, but the spirit is willing. The spirit is willing to get you to stop in the name of Jesus. I'm telling you, he's here. He's here. He said he is willing in the name of Jesus by his blood. He bought you for a cause. That's what the Lord is saying. The spirit is willing. He showed you on that cross that he is willing. That's what he said. Then Jesus left him again. And prayed the same prayer as before. When he returned to them again, he found them sleeping for they couldn't keep their eyes open and they didn't know what to say. When he returned to them the third time, he said, go ahead and sleep, have your rest. But know the time has come. The son of man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Up, let's be going. Look, my betrayer is here. Oh, Jesus is so good. Family. Family, he is so good. I'm telling you, I'm so. I'm just. I'm telling you, like I. I when you start to think about what he did for us, what he did for us, it says that he fell to the ground. He had so much grief. He fell to the ground. He he started to realize all the things that was getting ready to happen to him. I want to read you a different version because I want you to see how deep his anguish was for what he knew was about to happen to him. But guess what? 
The spirit was willing. The spirit was willing, although his body was weak. They, his body was getting lashed on. But the spirit, you, oh, they can't touch your soul. They can't touch your spirit. You get what I'm saying? They can't touch your spirit. Okay? They can't touch that spirit. They, they, they did something to his body. They, they crushed his body. But they couldn't do nothing to the spirit because the spirit is willing. That's what, that's what Jesus is showing you. The spirit is willing. He could have numbed himself. He was God. He is God. Oh, family, he is God. And although he could have numbed each lash, he could have caused the people not to spit on him. He could have caused them not to mock. He didn't. He humbled himself. He humbled himself. And he felt them lashes. You get that, family? He felt the nails. The body is weak. He felt that. He was tortured. That's why he deserves the glory. He was tortured. He was he was he was treated like a criminal. He was if you want to really think about it, he was treated worse than a criminal because they let what was it Barabbas? We're going to get to him because they let him go. The revolutionary, they let him go and they kept Jesus. We're going to read it. Hold on, family. I got to get the Bible verse. Matthew 27. Starting at verse 16. Let's start at verse 15. Now it was the time. Now the governor. Now it was the governor's custom each year during Passover celebration to release one prisoner to the crowd, anyone they wanted. This year, there was a notorious prisoner, a man named Barabbas. As the crowds gathered to as the crowds gathered before Pilate's house the, that morning, he asked them, Which one do you want me to release to you? Barabbas? Or Jesus, who was called the Messiah. It says, or Jesus that was called the Messiah. So you got a um, a notorious prisoner. And then you got the Messiah. The, the real Messiah. The true and living Messiah. Because there's only one Messiah. You know, the, the one and living Messiah. He knew very well that the religious leaders had arrested Jesus out of envy. That's a little sidebar. That was a sidebar. He knew, he knew that Jesus was only arrested out of envy. And, but he also knew that Barabbas, he was a well-known prisoner. He was a notorious prisoner. You get what I'm saying? Let's look at the definition of notorious real quick. Hold on, family, because I told y'all it'd be power. It'd be power in that um that that uh, definition sometimes. Famous or well known, typically for some bad quality or deed. So this man was well known for being a bad prisoner. He was just a bad person, and he, and and Pilate knew. He knew he had a a bad 
person standing there. But then he had a man. He had the Messiah standing before him. And he only was standing before him out of envy. Jesus died because of the envy that people had for him. You get what I'm saying? Because Jesus knew his authority. And he was like, I, I, I know my authority. Listen, we won't get to Jesus knowing his authority in a second. Let me just finish right here. Just then, as Pilate was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent him this message. Leave that innocent man alone. I suffered through a terrible nightmare about him last night. Meanwhile, see, she was woke. She was woke. She was like, leave him alone. Right, listen. Meanwhile, the leading priest and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas to be released and for Jesus to put to death. So the governor asked again, which of these two do you want me to release to you? The crowd shouted back, Barabbas. Pilate responded, then what would I do with Jesus, who is called the Messiah? He said, who is called the Messiah? He knew he was the Messiah. He didn't say that he said he was the Messiah. He said that he is called the Messiah. Catch that. Because they knew who Jesus was. People know who Jesus is. He is the Messiah. You get what I'm saying? Then they shouted back, crucify him. Why? Pilate demanded. What crime has he committed? But the mob roared even louder, crucify him. Pilate saw that he wasn't getting anywhere and that a riot was developing. So he sent for a bowl of water and washed his hands before the crowd saying, I am innocent of this man's blood. The responsibility is on you. And all the people yelled back, we will take responsibility for his death. We and our children. So Pilate released Barabbas to them. He ordered Jesus flogged with a lead tip whip. Then he turned him over to the Roman soldiers to be crucified. Mm, mm, mm. Family, hold on. I want to, I want to go back to, um, hold on. Hold on. Hold on, fam. Of him. Let's go to John eighteen, verse five. <clears throat> okay, it says. Let's start at verse four. Jesus fully realized all that was going to happen to him. So he stepped forward to meet them. Who are you looking for? He asked. Jesus the Nazarene, they replied. I am he, Jesus said. Judas, who portrayed him, was standing there with them. As Jesus said, I am he, they all drew back 
and fell to the ground. That's the power of God. All Jesus said is, I am he. And they drew back and fell. That's that power. That's that power because the spirit is willing, family. That's that power to say Jesus is he. He is I am. That's what you got to believe. If the scriptures say, if you believe I am, you got to believe I am. Okay. He said, you got to believe that I am, I am. You give me family, we're going to go to that. Once more, he asked them, who are you looking for? And again, they replied, Jesus, the Nazarene. He told, I told you, I am he, he said, Jesus said. And since the other one, and since I am the one you want, let these others go. He did this to fulfill his own statement. I did not lose a single one of those you have given me. Then Simon Peter drew a sword and slashed off the right ear of Mal- Malchus the high priest slave. But Jesus said to Peter, put your sword back into the sheath. Shall I not drink from this cup, this cup of suffering the father has given me? Jesus done. He listened to what he said. Shall I not drink from this cup of suffering that the father has given me? Count it all joy when your faith is being tested. Jesus said, should I not drink from this cup of suffering? Jesus is God. And he said himself, should I not drink from this cup of suffering? Ask yourself, should I not drink of this cup of suffering to give my God back the glory? Should I not deny myself so I could give my God the glory? Should I, should I not, should I not hang my life on the cross and pick up and, and, and become transformed so I could become the new man? Should I not, should I not? Should I not drink from this cup of suffering so my God can get the glory? Yes, they want to persecute me. Yes, they want to mock me. Yes, they want to spit on me. But don't I want to give up this cup? Do I want to give up this cup of suffering? I got to do my father's will. Let's go to um, John eight twenty four. Okay, wait, let's, let's start at verse 21. Later, Jesus said to them again, I am going away. You will search for me, but you will die in your sins. You cannot come where I am going. The people asked, is he planning to commit suicide? What does he, what does he mean? You cannot come where I'm going. Jesus continued, you are from below. I am from above. You belong to this world. I do not. This is why I say that you will die in your sins. For unless you believe that I am who I claim to be, you will die in your sins. He, all you have to do is believe that Jesus is I am. He's I am. He is God. Believe that. If you do not believe what he claims that he is, you will die in your sins. That's all he asks. I'm telling you, God is so good because all he asks you to do is believe in him, love him, trust him, believe that he is I am or he will die in your sins. That's all he said. Let me be God. I don't just let me be God. Believe that I'm God. If you believe I'm God, I can give you the power to not die in your sins. Don't turn your back to me. Believe who I am. 
Believe it. Believe I am. Believe I got the authority. Believe I can heal you. Believe I can cure you. That's what he be saying, family. And they said, who are you? They demanded. Jesus replied, the one I have always claimed to be. I have much to say about you and much to condemn, but I won't. For I say only what I hear from the one who sent me and he is completely truthful. But they didn't understand what he was talking about. But they didn't understand he was talking about his father. So Jesus said, when you have lifted up the son of man on the cross, then you will understand that I am he. I do nothing on my own, but only, but say only what the father taught me. And the one who sent me is with me. He has not deserted me for I always do what pleases him. Then many who heard him say these things believed in him. Family. Family. We have to be like Christ. You know, they say we are followers of Christ. We follow him. So he says, for I always do what pleases him. He always does what pleases the father. Family. We have to do what pleases the father. You know how we do that? We, but first we believe that he is I am. We have to believe he's I am. Allow him to show you that I am. Then fall in love with the power of God because the spirit is willing. That's what you got to do, family. It's a process. God knows it. Go back to 1 Corinthians 13 and read it and see if you really have that love for your father. Because we have to be truthful because it was a point for me, for myself. I can honestly say I didn't love God because I didn't know him. I mean, I'll never get the full grasp of knowing him. But as I went on this walk and as I walked with him every day and he and he reveals things to me, I fall deeper and deeper in love with him. You know how powerful that is to turn to fall deep in love with something you can't see. I'm here to tell you that is the truth. As much as God has shown me, as much as he's forgiven me for, I love him so much. I love him so much, family, because I know I just know that he is I am. In my darkest moment, I know that he is I am. I have a peace. That might be the only peace I have to hold on to. That he is I am. And I do it because I love him. And he showed me that he is I am. The reason why I'm sitting on this podcast is because God is I am. Believe that he is God. Believe it. Take, take every doubt and peace of fear to the Lord and give it to him. Lay it at his feet. He already know it's there. That's the thing. I was so afraid in the beginning to admit God. I don't know if you real. And I think a lot of us, we'd be ashamed to say it. But God, I don't know if you real. But that in that moment, in that moment, it was so powerful because he said, finally, the truth has set you free. Now I can show you that I am. I am. I've been waiting for you to say it because I knew it was in there. I knew that was in your heart. I knew it. Family, I'm telling you, that's what the Lord did for me. I said it out loud. I said, you know what, God? I don't even know if you real. Family, listen. 
Now he, now he, he done, he done cleaned me up. He done cleaned me up and I can tell you that I feel his presence around me. I know you can feel the presence of God on this podcast. I can feel it when I listen back to it. And God, that's how he shows me. And he proves to me that he is I am. Let's go to, um, hold on, hold on. Okay, hold on. Let's go to Mark 11, starting at verse 27. Mm-mm-mm. The authority of Jesus challenge. Again, they entered Jerusalem as Jesus was walking through the temple area and the leading priests, the teachers of religious law, and the elders came up to him. They demanded by the, what authority are you doing all these things? Who gives you the right to do them? I tell you by what authority I do these things. If you answer one question, Jesus replied, did John's authority to baptize come from heaven or is it, was it merely human? Answer me. They talked it over among themselves. If they said, Jesus got the authority right there. Because listen to what they, they said. That first they demanded him. They was like, we, what authority you do this by? They demanded him. Jesus said, hold. This is how much authority Jesus hold. He said, I tell you by what authority I do these things. If you answer one question. And then he said, did John's authority baptized come from heaven? Or was it merely human? Answer me. He said, answer me. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get to your question, but answer me because he knew his authority. He knew the authority that he carries and family. That's the authority we carry. Oh, you want to question my authority? Well, first, let me ask you, is he I am? Okay, he's I am. Did his authority come from below or did it come from above? Those are the kind we hold an authority to us. Don't let nobody take your authority. They talked it over among themselves. He had he had the Pharisees huddled up in a group, y'all. They was huddled up in a group. If we say it was from heaven, he would ask, why didn't we believe John? But see, this is the thing. Jesus already know what they're talking about. So that's what I'm talking about. With the truth shall set you free. Truth shall set you free. It shall set you free. If they would have admitted, we have envy in our hearts. It could have set them free. He could have healed them of it. But no, they didn't want to, they didn't want to let it go. And then what happened? They ended up crucifying God, the very one they was waiting for. But do we dare say it was merely human? For they were afraid of what people would do because everyone believed that John was a prophet. So they finally replied, we don't know. And Jesus responded, then I won't tell you by what authority I do these things. Family. Family. Just carry your authority. 
Know who your God is. Allow him to show you who God is and carry your authority. Don't be a double-minded man. Sway to and fro. Your, your, your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Because first of all, you can't have loyalty to God and the world. So carry your authority. Earlier, I, I said just a minute ago, I said that if they would have let go and said the envy that they was killing, they, they, they wouldn't have killed the very one they was looking for. I'm telling you, that love that you are looking for, that you searching for in all the wrong places, that's the very, the, every time you reject Jesus, you've rejected the very one who wants you. That's, that's the very love that you were made for. That's the only love that will be able to fill your heart. I'm telling you, I'm I'm telling you the truth. Nothing compares to the love of Christ. I am telling you the truth. Every human being is looking for the love of God. And that's why you see a lot of people addicted to things. You see a lot of people worshiping these false idols, these false gods, because the human heart is made for the love of God. So we go around and we search in all these wrong places until finally we surrender and say, God, I give my life to you. But honestly, it's just the fact that the truth sets you free because your life already belongs to God, but you're just tired of holding on so tight to it you're trying to guard it and you're just like i gotta let this go because it's not even my life to begin with because my life is in christ you get what i'm saying family family i just want (laughs) to i just want y'all to take these scriptures back to the lord and just and just listen to the goodness of christ and just and just keep on seeking the kingdom of god just keep on seeking him because he's good i'm telling you he is good he's waiting there with open arms Every moment of the day, he is waiting with open arms, with unfailing love for his children. In the name of Jesus, I'm telling you, every time I go and I like, I'll go do, because I'm human. So like, let's say if I just go like, um, to like the store or I, I step outside of God's presence. I'm always in his presence, but let me try to break this down. I, when I'm in a one-on-one, like how Jesus said, like, come in, if you let me in, we can share a meal together as friends. When I'm in that deep conversation with the Lord and I can feel his presence wrapped around me. And then I have to step out and I have to go do like grocery shopping or something. So my focus ain't on just him alone. Oh my God. I be just like, Oh, I don't, I can't do this. Lord. I need you here because your presence feels so good. It just feels so good. And I know you can take the presence of the Lord everywhere, but it's nothing like when you can give the Lord that one on one, when it ain't nothing else there. I'm telling you, it is so good. It is so good. Family. It is so good. Can we do another sidebar? Yesterday I, um, was, I was at my, my parents' house and, um, I left like 12 o'clock at night with my kids. And at first, not really, cause we was watching a really good movie. And, um, I'm a, I must ask my sister what the title was of that movie. And I'm gonna put it at the bottom because yeah, I definitely, I, that was a good movie. It was a movie that she had said was good. And at first I was like, mm, I don't know if you're good and my good is the same thing. But it was a good movie. It was really good. So I'm going to tell her. I'm going to ask her what it was. But anyway, so I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go home because I shall fear no evil. Yes, it's dark outside, but I shall fear no evil because I know if I take shelter in the most high, he will protect me. So when I got in the car, 
I sat in my car and as soon as I pulled off and I turned on my uh my my gospel music, I began to feel his presence in the car with me. And I just began crying, family, because I'm like, you are so good. And I know that you will protect me. I know that you can do it. So I get home. I'm on because my sister, one of my sisters ended up calling me. So I'm talking to her and then I sit down and I sat on the couch and I realized I never even thanked them for just keeping me and my children safe because I had my children and I had my dog with me. And I was like, um, I just began to thank him like, God, thank you so much for protecting me because it was somebody who, who was in this very situation and they didn't get to make it in their house. But God, you protected me because I shall fear no evil. You said if I keep shelter in the most high, you will protect me and you are a man of your word do you get what I'm saying the favor that is on our lives the favor that is on my life Lord because you watch out for me it's people that's in my shoes and they have not have made it it's people that have did things that I have done and they are not here no more but God you see it not fit you see it not fit for that had to been me and that's why family y'all I be going in for the Lord that's why I get so hyped because there's moments like that where I'm just like God is somebody who didn't make it in a house at 12 o'clock at night, but you see fit to allow me and my children to make it into the house safely, Lord, to have a good night's sleep, Father. And that's why I thank them. That's why I praise them because it's, more, it's situations like that when I shall fear no evil. Oh, he is so good, family. Let's just get into prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you for being good. I thank you for your mighty right hand, Father. I thank you for your protection. I thank you for your mercy, Lord. I thank you for your unfailing love, Father. I thank you because you are so good. I thank you because I have access to you 24-7. I thank you for my brothers and sisters so we don't have to fight the good fight by ourselves, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I thank you for your children, Father. I thank you for everything you do for me, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I thank you for your blood, Father. Who in Jesus' mighty name that I pray. Amen. Family, I love y'all. Jesus love y'all. And I want y'all to have a blessed rest of the day, rest of the night, whatever time it is. And that is in Jesus' mighty name that I pray. Amen. Bye.